On today's episode of Double Down Trent, NFL Week 1 is in the books. It felt great just to sit back and watch football. And even though this season feels so different, some things are going to change and some things are always going to remain the same, like the Cleveland Browns sucking. It was a terrible game by the Browns, but we've also got our common punching bags. Bill O'Brien also didn't show up. The Bengals had a classic Bungles moment. The Jets, the Giants, a lot to talk about here. But the flip side, a lot of good happened. We've got Cam Newton in New England off to a hot start. Russell Wilson showing that he could be a possible MVP candidate. And, of course, you've got the Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes and the Ravens with Lamar Jackson just flexing their muscles. So we're going to give you a recap of Week 1, and we're also going to preview the games here for Week 2. So stick around for Episode 78 of Double Down Trent. Double Down Trent, you might want to tune in. Talking gambling and sports, predicting who might win. Pop culture to movies, let's start up the combo. Ryan and Aaron, man versus the motto. Keep it authentic and it's always live. So competitive, so you know it's always hype. Make sure you subscribe, trust you don't want to miss. Going all in here on Double Down Trent. Hey, yeah, Double Down Trent, let's go. This is Double Down Trent. All right, welcome to Double Down Trent, the podcast where two elementary school buddies are talking sports, gambling, and pop culture. My name is Ryan. I'm your co-host as always. Joining me today, my co-host, The Model, a.k.a. Aaron. How you doing, bud? We are heading into week two NFL. I could not be more excited. I'll admit the upcoming slate of games is not great, but we don't need great games. We we can make something happen with nothing. We are missing our uh, partner in crime here, Coulter, this week, which is a, a huge blow. Yep, Coulter's, uh, you know, on vacation. Us podcasters, we deserve a break every once in a while. And uh, you're right. Week two slate of games, not great, but guess what? There's gambling. There's lines. There's over-unders. There's stuff to talk about here. Exactly right. And I think a great place for us to start would be doing some week one takeaways and just kind of going back through the week that was. It's funny. It's great to have football back. I could not have been more excited to have something on TV and going. A lot of stuff have changed. A lot has stayed the same. Where do you want to start? Yeah. Um, let's start with, you know, some general takeaways from week one. Uh, it, you know, you're right. It definitely did feel a little different without fans. Uh, I did think it was interesting. Some stadiums had like a splattering of fans, which, you know, say what you will. But I feel like, you know, you should be able to socially distance if you do it right. Um but I thought overall the product didn't really feel different. You know, when watching some of these other sports without fans in the bubble, like, you know, NHL and NBA, you do get a sense that it's a very different looking product. The NFL, I mean, the cameras are zoomed in on the players almost 95% of the time anyway. You know, when you're watching the game, minus a few sounds, uh, you know, it, it really felt like the same experience to me. You know, what, what did you take from it? I, I totally agree. I did not miss not seeing the fans in the stands. That to me was handled pretty well. The thing I struggled with was the fan sound, the artificial yeah. sound that they piped in. So you have a third and one and you have some fan noise building, but it was there the whole time and it just kind of stayed the same. And even in some like incomplete plays where the fans would be cheering and it's the home team and you're like, this just feels totally unnatural to me. Yeah, they definitely forced that. You know, I don't know if they're going to try and tweak it and make it better. But uh, it, it really didn't need to happen. Like some of these one o'clock games I was watching, there was no noise anyway. I mean, it, it, 
you know, it didn't feel that difference from, you know, the Bengals Browns home games. I mean, some of those games, you don't get much noise anyway. Um, so I, you know, we'll see what happens in week two, but I do want to look back at some of the games and just a couple of quick, quick hitters here that I want to throw out there. And first, you know, obviously Coulter is not here on the show today, but he wanted us to mention he was very adamant last week in our episode about a prop bet. And he sincerely would like to apologize to the listeners. He had said Randall Cobb over four and a half catches. And I think we were texting, right, Mr. Mono? He actually found the line at two and a half. Indeed. On his book. He loved it. Loved it. And somehow it was under. Randall Cobb just did not show up in that game. It was weird. He was nowhere to be found. They have a bunch of speed, speedsters on Houston, and uh, apparently there weren't enough balls to go around. Yeah, and I mean, I guess let's, let's just start with that game, that Thursday night opener, uh, Texans-Chiefs. They obviously get rid of DeAndre Hopkins. They try and fill it in with guys like Randall Cobb, Brandon Cooks, and kind of patchwork it together, and man, it just didn't work for them. Now, I will say David Johnson looked good. Uh, you know, he kind of you know went back to his form. You're going to see a lot of check down passes with him. That's going to be, I think, a, a really big point. So if you've got him in fantasy, that's great, but... Man, oh man, I gotta say, our punching bag, Bill O'Brien, holy hell, the guy just sucks at coaching. I mean, he is so bad. It doesn't even change year to year. So this was a guy that I was all over last year saying as possible first coach fired, and I feel like I got burned because they actually did way better than what I anticipated. So I am more hesitant to criticize him this year, but tell me a little bit more about what you feel like should have changed in that game. I mean, the tempo, the, the, the awareness, they're down to the Chiefs um, by, I think it was like 10 or 14. It was two scores. Fourth quarter, there's about eight minutes to go in the game. Instead of at least attempting an onside kick, they just kick it deep and just give it the ball to the Chiefs. They haven't stopped the Chiefs the entire game. And you know Mahomes and them are just driving down the field, driving down the field, and that's exactly what they did. And then finally, at the end of the game, he starts coming around thinking about it, but the play calling was terrible. He's doing little runs when there's, they've got to get moving down the field. Everything he was doing just got me head scratching. And it's like the GM can't fire him because the GM's Bill O'Brien. So it's just this terrible situation here. Can't fire himself, that's for sure. So that's one example of one thing that hasn't changed year over year. I think another one that we can go to are a couple of teams. We're looking at mm. some <laughs> we're looking at some culprits right here. We're talking Browns, Bengals, Lions. Jets. Yikes. Yeah. I uh, I may even throw in my New York football giants, but Ooh. we'll get to them. But those four teams in, in particular, I mean, ugh, just some things never change. The Browns look like they didn't even show up. And I, I get it. The Ravens are arguably Good the team. best team in, in football. Team. Mm-hmm. Um, but holy hell, they just got ran off the field. It didn't even look like they belonged. Baker was nowhere to be found. Odell was nowhere to be found. Nick Chubb didn't do anything. I mean, they just got stifled. The Bengals, a little different story for them. They at least showed a yeah. little bit of life. And, yeah. I, you know, if you're a Bengals fan, at least you got to feel good that you've got Joe Burrow. I think he showed some signs that he belongs. But just kind of same old bungles at the end there. The missed field goal, the pass interference to win the game, just classic Bengals. I do think, though, oh, good. The good thing about the Browns and Bengals is that they're playing this week, so one team has to win. Good God. I mean, I guess when you're making the schedule, you're looking at this and you're saying, we got Joe Burrow, we got Baker Mayfield, two former number one picks. But Jesus, that game is going to be ugly. And I actually think, though, we got to take a look at our other 
punching bag or Coulter, who loves to punch Matt Patricia and the Lions. <laughs> Holy hell. They were up 17 in the fourth quarter to Mitch Trubisky and Matt Nagy. And somehow the Bears came back and won this game. That's a bad look. And I know DeAndre Swift dropped a wide open touchdown, which would have won the game. But still, you can't even be in that position in the first place. You're up that big on the Bears. You got to win that game. You just have to. I'm sorry, Matt Patricia. I think you forgot to mention defensive guru, Matt Patricia. Oof, just getting lit up. I mean, God. And, you know, we, we talked about some other coaches that may be on the hot seat. We said Bill O'Brien. I think these coaches that, I mean, the Browns have Stefanski, first-year coach. He's not going it's anywhere. Fine. yeah. Bengals, second-year coach, Matt Taylor. You know, you, you, now you got Burrow. He's not going anywhere. You yeah. give him at least a couple of years. Matt Patricia and the Lions, I mean, he's got to be right up there with Bill O'Brien. And our next coach that I want to talk about, Adam Gase and the New York <laughs> Jets. I mean, they almost showed up worse than the Browns did. They got ran out of the building by the Bills. And again, Bills are a good team. They're going to make some noise, probably win the AFC East. We'll see. Patriots looked frisky with Cam. But man, Gase just looks lost. He puts in Le'Veon Bell after he already injured himself. Now Bell could be out for weeks at a time. It's just a fucking mess. I think Joe Douglas, the GM there, he's got to want a clean house, start fresh with his own guy. This has got to be Gase's last year because you're running out of time on Sam Donald on a rookie contract. Just getting getting nowhere. Yeah. So talking about uh, a coach who has moved on, which Adam Gase, who knows about him? Uh, Riverboat Ron Rivera is now yeah. in Washington. Uh, thoughts to him as he battles cancer this year. But his Washington D-line going up against, you know, it's, anyone can be a scary unit. That D-line is scary. We all knew it going in. They've got first-round draft picks all over the line. But then you add in a guy like Chase Young, and, I mean, they, they were they're fantastic. They really did turn that game. Now, Carson Wentz, obviously, he played like shit. And I think if you're an Eagles fan, you got to be concerned. Um, but with Washington, there, there's a little bit of hope there. Their defense is going to keep them in every game. Uh, and looking around the, uh, the NFC East here, this, this first week, you really didn't see a lot of continuity yeah. on the offensive lines. Cowboys, Giants, Eagles. So if you're Washington, if you can even get a little bit out of Haskins in that offense, you know your defense is going to keep you in the games. You get that kind of pass rush every week. I mean, holy hell, they got nine sacks, I think. It's, it's unbelievable. Yeah, they were definitely scary. You know, they'll be a fun unit to watch as the season progresses, for sure. Yeah, fun, except if you're a New York football Giants fan like <laughs> myself, whose offensive line looked fucking terrible. So, yeah, it's it's going to be it's going to be interesting to watch. That's for sure. Um, one of the teams that I've been looking at this year that is just going to be electric is those Arizona Cardinals with Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, what are your quick thoughts on them? Yeah, I mean, I, I brought up last week on the podcast, I said, you know, the, the Cardinals could be my team this year that you got to watch, at least from a gambling perspective. But after week one, you know, you, you got to watch them just for the entertainment factor. DeAndre Hopkins got, I think, 16 targets and Ridiculous. 14 catches, something yeah. like that. I mean, that offense could be really good because you still got the old veteran in Larry Fitz. They've got a bunch of other weapons out there as well. And Kyler was doing Kyler things. He had 100 yards rushing uh, before you know, the end of the game. He had to take a couple of knees to run the clock out. But you give me 100 yards rushing and a touchdown out of Kyler, plus all of his 
you know, stuff he did through the air with DeAndre Hopkins. I, I mentioned it in our first one. I think we barely scratched the surface last year with Kingsbury and, and Murray. And now that they got the weapons, you know, th- this this offense could be explosive. It's going to be tricky, though. They're in a really tough division. Yeah. We saw we saw what the Seahawks did with Russell Wilson. The Niners, you know, they're they're kind of a you know up and down team. Obviously, it's a big win for the Cardinals, but we expect the Niners to be in there uh, all, all season. And then the Rams got to win, so that's going to be a very loaded division. But I think we can see a lot of points and a lot of offense from Kyler and that team. Totally agree. Speaking about another running quarterback, Cam. Cam, first start for New England. Uh, he looked good. You know, we're going to have to get our uh, New England Patriot resident, Bill Hughes, uh, back on our podcast because at the beginning of the offseason, every Patriots fan was saying, Jared Stidham, Jared Stidham, Jared Stidham. (laughs) And I think I was saying, no way, Cam Newton's out there. Well, they reversed their tune. I mean, Cam just came in there. And what's, what's interesting to me and why I always give Belichick and McDaniels credit is they're always innovative. They're always, you know, tweaking and changing things and being ahead of the curve. And they play to their players' strengths. And I think yeah. they implemented an offense that we saw a very run-heavy Cam Newton offense. And it almost looks like, uh, you know, some, some college offenses that we used to see in a day where your quarterback is just your, your best athlete. And Cam is huge. So now if you got 10 guys blocking and Cam running the ball, especially down at the goal line where we saw Cam get in the end zone twice, <laughs> I don't think you can count the Patriots out. I think a lot of people were saying maybe – you know, maybe nine and seven, maybe eight and eight fighting for the division with the bills. But you know, if, if this is what we're going to see out of the Patriots offense, I think this could be a good year for cam. And obviously there's the caveat there. He's got to stay healthy, but if he does, who knows? I mean, they, they could still be the same old Patriots. I sure hope not. That's for sure. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Lamar and Mahomes looking like they are in mid season form already. Exactly. Like they were last year. What's your take on them? I mean, they're just freaks. They're they're going to dominate this league for so long. And if you're in the AFC, man, there are some good quarterbacks in there. I mean, just at the top of the list, there's Mahomes, Lamar. And, you know, you got to look at other guys like Deshaun Watson, who is in the game on Thursday night. He's in there. There's a lot of talent at quarterback in the AFC. But those two guys, Lamar and Mahomes, you're never out of the game. You're never out of it. And... You know, we saw last year when the Ravens, especially in the playoff game, when they got behind, they weren't that same offense. So I still think we got to watch out for that and see what happens as, as the season progresses. Is there a team like the Titans did in the playoffs to them? Can they smack them in the face, take a lead and really control the game? Because that seems to be the way that you beat the Ravens. Otherwise, if you let them score first, I mean, good night. They're, they're just going to run all over you. The offense is wide open and anything can happen. So I think that's what we're going to have to watch with Lamar and the Ravens. But the Chiefs and Mahomes, I mean, good God, just weapons everywhere. Yeah, just could score at will, frankly. Yeah, and the fact that somehow every NFL team let Clyde Edwards-Hilaire fall to the Chiefs at 32, they didn't need that. They really didn't. But now you now have this dynamic running back, and you saw he, he catches passes. He came out of the backfield. And he's a power runner. He, he looks small, but he's a power runner. That opens up all kinds of options for that team. And it's going to be really hard to game plan for them because if you just try and take away the run, you've got eight weapons outside and you got Mahomes thrown to him. If you try and double team Tyreek and Tyreek and double team uh, Kelsey, 
they can run the ball now with, with Hilaire. So, whew, I, I would not want to face the Chiefs at any time this season. And you know what? They might be my betting team this, this year. I mean, I might be rotting them until they beat me. That might be my new strategy. Yeah, it's probably not a bad thing to do. And that uh, alludes to a little bit of my thinking that we'll be talking about in the upcoming slate of games for this week. Mm-hmm. Talk about getting a hit in the face, though. Jacksonville Jaguars come in and say, what's up, Indianapolis? What do you think about that? Holy hell. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure I was talking in the pod last week that I love the Colts. This is a lot. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I picked the Colts to win the division. I bet them at plus 130 to win the division. <laughs> And I was watching that game very closely. It was a one o'clock game. I had action on it. I'm like, let's just let's see what happens here. The Colts jumped out to a lead, and I I thought, you know, everything's looking pretty here. But man, Phil Rivers, yikes! Has has old man time caught up with him? Yikes! (laughs) I mean, some of the decisions that he made were just awful. And he made, I think, three interceptions, and two of them were just atrocious, and completely opened the door back for this team. And you know, this looked like a pick that everyone was on the, the, the Colts. The Jaguars were giving away all their pieces. You figure they're tanking this year. They're, they're terrible. They got nothing. Well, Gardner fucking Minshew comes out and says, not so fast, my friend. I think he went like 18 and 19. You know, unbelievable accuracy. Kept him in the game. Made some really clutch throws down the end. I don't know what that says more. Is, is Jacksonville better than we think? Or are the Colts maybe not as good as we think? You know, who knows? I don't want to jump to any conclusions, especially just after week one. I would like to think that the Colts pull together and actually get better. I don't expect to see uh, Jacksonville continue to perform like they did. Yeah, Gardner Minshew was 19 for 20 for 171, 73 yards and three touchdowns. The other thing I want to call out, Marlon Mack goes down, the running back for yeah. the Colts. Uh, I'd like to see Jonathan Taylor, uh, I think the running back out of Wisconsin, come in and uh, see how he performs with there. Yeah, you know, he was a big fantasy target this year. I think people were expecting a lot, but you still had Mac, and Mac played well up until that injury. So now that really does open the door for Jonathan Taylor. Obviously, they still have Nahil Himes, I believe is his name, who's probably going to get the bulk of the carries in the first couple of weeks. But uh, you, you have to imagine at some point Taylor becomes the focal point, and that can give them, you know, a really big shot in the arm. Because if you're going to rely on Phil. He, he just doesn't look like he's got it anymore. I mean, he doesn't have the zip on his throws. It, it's just something looks wrong. So if you got now a power running game, you know, that, that can change things. Yep. And talking about focal points of offense, we have the Seattle Seahawks who go into and play against Atlanta Falcons, put up 38 points, largely behind uh, Russell Wilson. What's your uh, thinking of his performance? Mr. Unlimited. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta say, I mean, this guy is is consistently year in and year out just an, a, a perfect quarterback. I mean, he keeps you in the games. He gives you a chance to win every time he's under center. Uh, but I think you know, for the the past couple of years now, what I'm expecting this year, he's obviously the focal point. The offense is running through him. You know, there's no more Marshawn Lynch there. You know, Doug Baldwin's gone. He's got a lot of young guys around him. Um, but you saw me. He's got, he's got you know a good connection with DK Metcalf. And I think when you put the offense behind him, you saw what they can do. Now, granted, the Falcons' defense looks like Swiss cheese, and I think we expected that. Yeah. Uh, but, again, it just goes back to that, uh, that NFC West division where it's going to be a shootout. There's going to be a lot of points, a lot of great games. Um, but I, I actually, you know, in our notes, I have this down where I think Russell could be in the running for, for MVP this year. Um, if he has a really big, uh, big regular season, leads them to the playoffs to make a deep run, 
you know, I, I think he could he could easily make that run, and it's it's amazing. I was actually looking this up. Apparently, he's never gotten a single vote for MVP. Wow. Not even one vote. Wow, that's so, surprising. Yeah, not only you know does he have the play to back it up, but I think he's got that that I don't know, you don't want to call storyline, but that you know no one no one votes for me. No one's no one's thinking that I can do this, and he's going to go out there and just show you know what kind of player he is. All right, last takeaway from week one. How about Mike McCarthy's Dallas Cowboys thoughts? Mm, mm, you just <laughs> hate to see it. And apologies to my dad. I know he's he's listening. He's a big Cowboys fan. On paper, that offense should be unstoppable. Mm-hmm. You've got weapons on weapons on weapons. Uh, but the thing that stood out on me watching that game was their offensive line is a little in shambles. And this is the first time in, in really years that they don't have a super dominant offensive line. And I think Coulter brought it up when we were talking last week. The Rams just exposed them. And they had, obviously, Aaron Donald's the best, you know, probably the best defensive player in the league. But he absolutely abused that line. And when there's pressure up the middle, that changes the way a quarterback operates. Um, So I I was a little surprised by that. Um, Zeke fed the ball a lot. He's Zeke. But, you know, when you're looking at that offense, you're thinking they got three really good receivers. They got to be airing the ball out. And for them to go into L.A. and really lay a a dud, put up 17 points, I think, it's something to watch because – you know, I, Giants fan, I'll, I'll jump in real quick on, on the Giants, but you look at the NFC East and it's wide open. I know Washington's there 1-0 leading the division, which is scary. <laughs> I still think this is the Dallas's division to lose. But if their old line can't get it together, uh, you know, who knows? Anything can happen here. So with that segue, I got to address the Giants. Let's they play that Monday night. A few things, a few things. They came out of the gate looking really strong. Uh, I think Jason Garrett, we wanted to see what he had to do. They came out with tempo. They were running quick plays up at the line, keeping the Steelers off their toes, and it was working for a while. Now, their offensive line still sucks. It's just terrible. Got to give credit to Andrew Thomas. He, he looked good, but oof, the rest of that line, holy hell, was just getting abused and everyone's talking about Saquon, six yards rushing, you know, yeah. Saquon's terrible, what's going on? Well, if you watch that game, I mean, he was getting hit as soon as he got the handoff. I mean, they had guys in the backfield the entire game. So it's really not on Saquon. That, that was an offensive line performance. And it takes time for a line to gel. They still need pieces. They still need a center. They still need a right tackle. And it's going to be bad because next week we're playing the Bears. And Khalil Mack is going to be lining up against our right tackle, Cam Fleming. I mean, if you want to set a line over under three and a half sacks for Cleo Mack, I'm taking the over. <laughs> so, yikes. But you know what? They're going to be bad. They're in, a real, they're in a rebuilding year. They're a very young team. They showed some flashes. I think their defense is better ultimately. Um, but still, no pass rush, and their offensive line just not, not up to the task. So who knows what's going to happen this year. The big thing for me is that you want to see a progression from Daniel Jones. This is year number two for him. You want to see some better decision-making. Two interceptions isn't going to, uh, isn't going to do it. Yep. So like Kyler Murray, for example, you want to see him take a step forward and just start making better decisions and keeping responsibility of the ball. Yeah, couldn't agree more. You know, the turnovers last year were killer, especially the fumbles. This week, though, the interceptions, uh, you know, one, I don't, one you can say maybe not his fault, whatever, but... The one down at the goal line is just that, that's a decision making. Yeah. And Drive killer. 
drive killer. That was an 18-play drive. You, yeah. you get a touchdown there. You've got the lead. That game changes. Uh, you know, I was reading a lot of things on Twitter where people saying, oh, that's not Daniel Jones' fault. I mean, bullshit. You know what? You got to make better decisions there. You either take the sack or you throw, throw the ball away. Because even looking at that replay, there's five fucking Steeler guys right there. So I don't know what he was thinking. But decision-making and turnovers, and, and that's what's going to be the difference if he can take that leap. Yeah, I mean, he, he's just got to make a better play there, especially at the goal line. Um, I think ultimately room for optimism here, but, you know, they're, they're, they're rebuilding. What do you want? Yeah. All right, last takeaway from week one. This total snooze fest of a game other than a field goal kicker missing four of their kicks, Tennessee against Denver. Tennessee ekes this one out by two points. Um, that was important because I had <laughs> them – I had bet them early at a half point, uh, which was f- fantastic. But uh, yeah, that was just uh, not much to not much to really say other than uh, tight, low scoring, you know, and and bad decision making. I mean, if Colter were here, I know he's a big Broncos fan. I know you're a resident Denver guy as well. Vic Vangio. I mean, you ever heard of clock management? Let that clock I mean, run, baby. You don't need holy it. Holy hell! <laughs> he let he had three timeouts that they just didn't use at the end of the game. I mean. Like the the fact that teams don't have a clock management guy shocks me. And if there are any teams out there, I will volunteer. I will be your clock management guy. I mean, at the very least, get your lowest coach on the totem pole a Madden subscription. Let him play Madden (laughs) and only focus on time because you can't you cannot be at the end of that game. One possession where the field goal kicker has missed four field goals already. Even if he misses it, I mean, whatever, but. You got to assume he's going to make that one. That one's a chip shot. Take your timeouts. Give your team at least a chance, chance. to come down and yeah. attempt the field goal at the end. Why take three timeouts at the end of the game? It's just a fucking waste. Yeah. I'd, be, I'd be very nervous if I was Broncos fans knowing that you've got Vic Vangio making decisions like that and you've got the Giants old head coach Pat Shermer running the offense. So coaching-wise could be an issue. Um, they're off installed. I mean, it, it didn't look great, but they've got pieces there. Um, I think on defense, again, no Von Miller is, is going to make a, a, a huge difference, hurt. but they held the, they held Derrick Henry pretty much in check. I know he had over hundred yards, but the guy had like 30 carries. Uh, I, I think he'd sign up for that and keep them at what? 14, 16 points by the end of the game. Defense showed up. It was just, that's a, that's a loss that's on Vic Fangio. Yeah, that's definitely going to hurt. And hopefully they can come back from that. Uh, obviously losing Philip Lindsay is, isn't going to be uh, all that good either. Okay, you want to uh, switch gears and go into uh, where our current standings are and the competition that we're running? Yeah, let, let's see where uh, the listeners are at and how everyone did in week one. Cool. So this is a reminder that we're doing uh, an NFL Pick'em contest with the listeners of the podcast. You can join in if you're so inclined by going to app.doubledowntrent.com or you can find it directly from our website if you go to doubledowntrent.com and go into Man versus Model. Um, We have uh, an app set up that allows you to pick five games each week against the spread. You go head to head against us and other listeners. So as of right now, it looks like we have 10 plus listeners uh, joining in. We have some more joining for the start of week two. Unfortunately, the leaderboard can only be sorted in ABC order and not in descending order based on points. So I'm just going to give everyone's name, their username of how they logged in, and their point total as of right now. There are some surprises here, starting with the first. 8K with zero points. That's impressive. Mm. You know, she needs to go into Costanza week one. Do the opposite. (laughs) 
Gracie had two points. Hannibal had three. Jomo had three. Juicebox, Giants fan, had two. Luann, also Giants fan, had two. M. Cazale, leader in the clubhouse right now with four points. Our own NFL insider, Coulter, also co-leader in the clubhouse with four points. R. Smith, 2070, with three points. Rusty, Cowboys fan, yikes. Also a co-leader with four points. Data model me. I uh, came in with a respectable three points. The man, you over there, coming in with a meager two points. Not to mention there was some controversy. Yeah, yeah. A little bit of controversy. I'm putting an asterisk by my name here. So coming back from vacation, you know, I, I submitted my picks. And I knew I had to give you a little disinformation. I had to get you off my trail, right? So I put some picks in at the beginning of the week and let it sit. Sunday morning, we're coming home, getting my coffee, driving, and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to actually submit my picks. And I had a little mix-up. I got confused on the buttons and the colors. Hand up there. That's my fault. Didn't look closely enough, but I'm putting an asterisk there because I wrote down my picks, and I went four and one. So if I lose this contest by two picks, I am declaring myself a co-champion. That's it. So two call-outs, just so others don't make the same mistakes that you made. So in this app, everything starts as black, as black buttons as you go in and you pick your team. So for this week, if you wanted Seattle minus four and a half, that starts as black. And if you end up selecting it, you'll notice that that button changes to white. So the white ones are going to be your current selections. It, it, also, if you're like Kazley, if you're a flip-flopper and go back and forth, Currently, the app collects every single pick that you make. So, you know, every time you log back in, your picks will be saved. You should see what you had previously. And then if you choose to switch to a different game, it's going to collect that new pick after you switch. And what happens is that, you know, if you go into your username, you'll see that you've made all these different picks and you flip flop back and forth. And I will come along later and clean those up, making sure that your last pick, your most recent pick for that game is the one that ultimately stands. So just don't be scared if you see that you've, uh, you know, flip-flopped nine times like you did with uh, some of those games last week. Yep, and we went to the uh, the source. There's timestamps, so we're able to check all that. Um, but yeah, that was that was my fault. You know, you shouldn't make picks when you're when you're in the car. You just gotta set, don't do it. Set just don't time, do it. Sit in the living room and make your picks. <laughs> That's right. All right, let's go into the uh, five games that we have on the docket for this week. Are you ready? Let's do it. I first want to apologize because I really struggled to pick what I thought were the five best games this week. So if you think that there are some stinkers in here, I'm sorry in advance. Yeah, listen, it's not a great slate of games, but that's not our fault. You know, we still have lines. We still have picks to make. Yeah, exactly. All right. The first game that I actually think is going to be a good game this week. The Seattle Seahawks are home against the New England Patriots. Seattle is a four and a half point favorite. Um, What are your thoughts on that one? That's going to be a really good game. I think that is the best game of the week. Um, Seattle looked really good. Now, Atlanta did put up some points on them. Granted, I think a lot of that was kind of like, you know, junk time, throwing the ball, coming down the end. This is going to be the best game of the week, in my opinion. Uh, I think the line, though, is is strong. Um, One of the things I noticed, you know, home field advantage really doesn't matter as much this year without fans um you know i guess you can argue that the routine is going to be different you're staying in a hotel as opposed to if you're at home you know you're in your own home doing things the way you're normally doing for home games but the crowd's not a factor 
I don't think you have to worry about that except for Denver. You know, the, the altitude is still the altitude. Um, it, it's going to be great, but for my money here, um, you know, I, I think you're going to see Cam and uh, and Russell battle, but I think you got to give the, the edge right now to to uh, Russell Wilson. Yeah, it's interesting. Four and a half points for me is a lot of points to give up for a, a team going up against the Patriots. Um, this game has since ticked down to uh, Seattle minus four. Um, these are all the opening lines that we have plugged into the app right now. Uh, it should be definitely the best game of the uh, of the weekend, and we'll see how it goes. Yeah. All right. All right, the next game I had to go, uh, you know, home home team. Uh, I had to have the Denver Broncos on here. They are uh, away visiting the Pittsburgh Steelers this weekend. Um, Got to think that the Denver Broncos, that young offense, needs to play a little bit better and see if the defense can continue to hold the team. The Pittsburgh Steelers, which is likely a better offense than what they saw from Tennessee this, this past week. Yeah, and we'll see what Big Ben can do. I mean, is it just a fluke where he's playing against, uh, you know, a mediocre Giants defense? Uh, or, you know, is Big Ben back and, and the Steelers are, are for real? Um, but, yeah, I mean, we'll see, too, with, the, with Denver's defense. I, I think they can keep them in games. I, I would expect this to be a, a low-scoring kind of grinded-out game. I would love that if that were the case. Uh, next game, Kansas City Chiefs are visiting the Los Angeles Chargers. Chargers coming off of a lackluster, but they got the win visiting Cincinnati this past weekend. Got to think that they're going to need to play much better to make this competitive. Yeah. Uh, the line's eight and a half. I mean, if you're playing money line here, obviously this is a chief's money line hammer, but the odds are going to be crazy against you. If you're just playing that money line, you know, Tyrod, they looked okay. I I think, you know, we've seen this a whole bunch of times in the NFL with quarterbacks, but you've got this kind of, patchy veteran that can keep you in games just holding that warm until your rookie qb is ready i just think at this point with the chargers like what are you waiting for are they really thinking that they're going to win their division when they're playing in the same division as the chiefs no put in herbert let him play let him see what you got there let him get some reps you know there's a flip side to that where like maybe you ruin his confidence you destroy the kid but they've got a pretty strong cast around them they've got weapons i think if you put in herbert you're gonna it almost gives him a bump like an excitement bump because you're not going anywhere with tyrod so what are you doing um but you know i I think this is going to be another chiefs just dominating win in my opinion i agree with that i i disagree though with the tyrod thing i actually wouldn't mind seeing tyrod play you know for at least half the season just to see kind of how he does he's not going to be someone that you know, wins you the game on his own, you know, arm or legs, but he could also be someone that just manages the game and uh, gets you to where you need to go, assuming that your run game and defense uh, put up some decent numbers. Yeah, and they should. Um, and and I, I don't disagree with that point of view. I just think if you're a team that's fighting for a, a playoff spot or you think you're going to be a wild card team, you know, that's the right play. You know, you're not going to probably get there with a rookie quarterback. The question is, do the Chiefs or the, the Chargers think they're that kind of team? Do they think they're going to compete for a wild card spot? I mean, you're never going to hear them say we're not, but right. I just don't think they are. Yeah. All right. The next game, the Houston Texans, your Houston Texans are home <laughs> against the Baltimore Ravens. This game is going to be, I think, ugly, high scoring and not close. Yeah. We just saw what the Chiefs did to the Texans and the Ravens. Have a very similar setup offense. I, I don't see what's going to be different about this game. 
And you can even argue that the Ravens defense is significantly better than the Chiefs defense. So what am I missing here? And we still have Bill O'Brien on the sidelines. The spread right now is six and a half. I mean, keep an eye on that, folks. If that does not get bet up, I would bet a ton of money on the fucking Ravens at six and a half. I I love that game at six and a half. Right now, um, I'm seeing the line at minus seven, minus 105. So it is ticked up just a little bit. But at six and a half, that's that may or may not be my uh, best bet for this week. Yeah. Under a touchdown. Yeah. All right. The last game that we have in the competition for this week, Las Vegas Raiders are home against those New Orleans Saints who looked okay early and then really good late. Um, The line here is St. New Orleans favored by five and a half. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see because I believe Michael Thomas is not going to be playing. He's going to be doubtful. Uh, that changes that offense. And I know they've got Kamara, who's a weapon. You, you saw the offense ran through Kamara last week, and that's kind of what separated them from, from the Bucks. You know, Breeze looking a little old. I don't think he's obviously got the same zip and the, the velocity that he used to have. But now you take away his, his main security blanket, his biggest play guy. Are they going to be able to put up the points? Um, on the flip side of that, the Raiders... They put up a ton of points. Josh Jacobs is a dominant power back. I'm not sold still on on, on Derek Carr. I don't think Gruden is either. Uh, this one's going to be a really close game because I, I, if Tom, if Michael Thomas is playing, I say take these points, five and a half, that's nothing. They're going to win that game. Without him, who knows? Could be a little close. The thing that really worried me about that game was just how much uh, offensive success the Carolina Panthers had with Teddy Bridgewater and uh, McCaffrey. They were able to put up 30 points on those Las Vegas Raiders defense, and that's not something that's going to be uh, keep them in many games this year if that continues. Yeah, not at all. Well, Mr. Mono, let's go ahead. Let's jump right to our picks. Why don't you take us away here and give us your first pick of the week? Yeah, the first one that I alluded to is going to be New Orleans minus six and a half against the Las Vegas Raiders. This is just a game that I think that the, uh, you know, even without Thomas on offense for the New Orleans Saints, I just don't see the Las Vegas Raiders being able to keep up. I think Drew Brees is going to have those guys humming. I think you're going to see multiple scores from their from their running backs. To me, this is going to be something that's not close. And I love New Orleans under a touchdown here. Yeah, uh, I'm with you on that pick. It's not in my uh, slate, but I will be taking the Saints in that one. Um, keep an eye on that line, folks. Obviously, if you're gonna if you're gonna bet that come Sunday, see if there's any changes. Um, but the Raiders, I don't know what to make of them. I, I don't think the Panthers are uh, you know a really good barometer for how well a, a team actually is. If they can control the ball on the ground, and and like I said, Josh Jacobs can just dominate them a la the way a a Derrick Henry can in a game, you never know. But I think the the Saints are just too explosive. Less than a touchdown here is is appealing to me, so I I like that pick. It's interesting. I'm I'm looking at the line right now, and it's drifted down to minus 5.5. Whoa. I really like 5.5. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, All right, so... Coulter is out this week, but he did send in his submissions. Uh, his first one here, I don't believe it's on our slate, but he wanted to throw this one out for uh, for the listeners. Uh, he is all over the Vikings, plus two and a half against uh, the Colts here. What do you think? I actually like that pick. So I had chosen that in the office football pool that we do too. Um, I don't think Minnesota is going to be as bad as they looked in week one against Green Bay. 
I think with Indianapolis coming off of that gut-wrenching to, uh, loss to the Jacksonville Jaguars and with Marlon Mack being out, I think that they are going to play better, but I could totally see Minnesota winning, winning this game and having it be close. Yeah, they uh, they put up a lot of points, obviously, against Green Bay. They got manhandled by Aaron Rodgers, uh, something that you know I alluded to. I thought that Rodgers could have that kind of season where he's just going to light the world on fire. Um, I'm, I'm with you here. The only thing to keep in mind that you might want to look at, though, is, uh, is, is the Colts bounce back week. I think they know that they got to they got to you know show that that wasn't a fluke. They are a better team than what they put on the field last week. So maybe they're coming out. But you can say the same thing about the Vikings. They they maybe want to say that they can compete for the Central and, and uh, make a run at that division. So getting points uh, against the Colts, uh, I, I think it's a smart bet. I, I'm in on that one. And I think uh, the Vikings secondary is the young the young group that is really going to need to perform and got scorched in Week One. I think Philip Rivers is a very different beast from Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. So I think that you'll see them perform a little bit better than what they did the, the past week, and I think they come out with the win here. Yeah, that's a great point. Uh, okay, for my first pick, and before I make it, I want to give you a little theme here, okay? <laughs> the theme of my week, don't overthink it. <laughs> Just don't overthink it, okay? I'm looking at our board and there's a couple that I like, but there are two that I'm just like, why would I not make this pick? Yeah. Okay? Yeah. So we discussed it, and I'm taking it. Give me the Chiefs minus eight and a half points. I just don't know how this team keeps up with the Chiefs. The, the Chargers put up, what was it, 16 points last week yes. against the Bengals? Yeah. And now you're playing against the defending Super Bowl champs with a hot hot offense if you're putting up 16 you're losing by 30 to the chiefs okay i just don't see a way where they can even just even remotely keep it within eight you're talking that obviously it's more than a touchdown for the gamblers but basically you're telling me a touchdown difference in this game no way this has got 10 14 17 point win written all over it i think the chiefs come out they want to make a statement they're going to roll through i just don't see it from the chargers I like that pick. I am all in with you. I think that there's no way they can keep up with the offense. You know, eight and a half points is a lot of points, but I, I yeah, I, I see the Chiefs covering here. Yeah, and you're right. Eight and a half is a lot of points, except for a team like the Chiefs that can score at will. That That's my only thought there. So if anyone's hesitant about that many points, we've seen spreads upwards of 10, 15 sometimes with really shitty teams. <sighs> eight and a half for the Chiefs is not a lot. I'm taking it. Yep. And just for the record, Coulter, who is obviously not here, that is his key pick for this week. He likes the Kansas City Chiefs minus eight and a half, exactly like you do. It's not your key pick. It's your first best bet. Yep. Uh, but for him, that's his second key pick, and that's where he's going this week. I like it. On the same page as the insider. That's always a good thing. All right. So for my key pick, I alluded to it earlier. I am taking Baltimore minus six and a half against those Houston Texans. I feel like this is absolute free money. I, there's no way in my mind that I see Baltimore not winning this game by more than a, uh, by less than a touchdown. I think their offense is going to be clicking. I don't think Houston's going to be able to keep up. Um, I think Houston's defense is suspect, and I think uh, Baltimore will just have things cruising and continue to, to perform the way they performed in week one. Uh, not only are you spot on about this pick, <laughs> it is as free as free money gets. Okay. 
you are very rarely find a line like this where you're like, what the hell is going on? This is almost a line where you look at it and you're like, am I missing something? Is Lamar not playing? What's going on here? I just don't see this. The Texans had like a late score in that game, really kind of, you know, made the score a little closer than it actually was. The Chiefs ran away with that game last week. I don't think the Ravens offense is as good as the Chiefs, but they're not far off. And the flip side of that, their defense is better. So I just don't see it. And you tell me Bill O'Brien is going to cover this spread. Bill O'Brien, we've covered it. He's just a he's just a fucking moron. So. Not only am I with you, this is also my key pick. Oh. It's just a lock. We're on a very rare man and model in unison for the key pick here. Um, it, it's just I can't see a, a world where this happens. It's just it's not enough points for me. That spread needed to be closer to nine and a half, ten for me to even consider it. Um, and the thing that you may want to even take a peek at as well for the gamblers out there, the overrunner is at 52. And for comparison, last week it was, what, 53.5 for the Chiefs and, and the Texans, 54 somewhere, depending on your book. I'm not going to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that would be a, a number I would look at as well. I like it. Anything else before we kick off and go into week two? I don't think so, my friend. I mean, it's been uh, – it, it was good having the games back. It felt as, as normal as I've felt in a long time. The viewing experience – pretty spot on here um the only thing i want to tell the listeners uh is if you weren't playing along with us last year just remember that you go to the site we're making the five picks we're submitting them uh double down click on the man versus model um and just a quick reminder the lines that we're using they're pretty much the opening lines we're recording on a wednesday um so if you see different action in your books you know consider that if you're going to make your bets but uh for our our contest Please come in, join us. If you if you didn't make picks in week one, that's okay. Come on in, make picks for week two. We're trying to figure out some uh, some cool ways to incorporate the listeners uh, onto the podcast. So if you don't play along with the full season, uh, you know we're open to uh, to getting people involved. So uh, go ahead to the site and make your picks. I love it, and kudos to our leaders in the clubhouse. As of right now, not for long because I'm coming, baby. As of right now, Rusty. M. Cazalet and our own NFL insider Coulter are leaders in the clubhouse at four points. Yeah, and and M. Cazalet, Megan, my sister, if you got any insider information, let your brother know. Come on, share the goods. <laughs> That'll throw you a bone every once in a while. Yeah, so we'll see how everyone does. Uh, okay, my friend, let's see how uh, how week two shapes out. And uh, we thank all the listeners for joining us. Again, go to doubledowntrent.com to play along. But we will see everybody next week on Double Down Trent. Baby, look at me. Look at me. Your money, and you know what else? You're a big winner tonight. I want to leave. You're a big winner. I'm going to ask you a simple question. I want you to listen to me. Who's the big winner here tonight at the casino? Huh? Mikey, that's who. Mikey's the big winner. Mikey wins. All right, fine. I'm an asshole, but you know what? You're the big winner tonight, Mikey. You're the big winner in more ways than one.